0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foothills. The family. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? Uh, Love you guys. Love seeing your faces. We're getting into fall, and we're continuing in this series of faith, hope, and love. Our study through Romans. Has this been a good study? Have we been getting a lot out of this? I I know um, some people have said, you know, Jeremy really says things differently. He looks at things. Differently, do they say that about you too, Dennis? Do they say you look at things differently? No, no. Uh, yeah, Vicky, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> uh, well, it's been really—it's really been informative to me. I, I feel like I've been digging deeper into the word than I've ever d- dug before. Um, but what's awesome about it is when we dig deep, there's always deeper to go, isn't there? <coughs> I mean, now sometimes we may think, oh, I'm gonna go really deep and you say something really deep and either it's super shallow or it's like too deep for anybody to understand. But the deepness of the word, the richness of the word is no matter how deep we go into it, there's always something for us. We always find something new when we go through the word. Um, We always find something that, that is impactful to our lives. And yes, Jeremy has a tendency to look at things kind of oddly. I'm a verbal, I am an artist, creative type person, so we have a tendency to look at things from a a different point of view. Right, Hazel? See, I'm calling people out today. Calling people out. Watch out. Uh, This is a really good time of worship this morning. I really feel like the the Spirit was um, stirring here. I mean, we say that the Spirit is here. Oh, man, the Spirit was here this morning, but the Spirit's always with us. Amen? Man, there's just times that we notice the Spirit more, (laughs) and I think those are those times where we get to those thin places in life, that thin veil between here and heaven, that thin veil between the things of earth and the things of God. And when we get to those thin places, we suddenly start to see that relationship, how much that matters, how much um, God has done in our week. and I'm really digging for Romans. I don't know why. Uh, we are going to be reading out of Romans. Um, what are we at here? We're in eight, chapter eight. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I got to go back and look at the table of contents here. <laughs> the smartphone would be good, right? Uh, well, this morning we are we are uh, continuing in this. We're still continuing in hope. Um, so. I Hope and Love, we're in the middle part of that chapter, the second part of, of this, we're in chapter 8, um, and the title this morning is Hope Happens. Okay, I know that there's, there's, there, there might be a bumper sticker out there that we don't want to mention um, that kind of came out maybe 60s, 70s that we're just not going to go with, because hope happens, that's, that's so much better of a bumper sticker, isn't it? You can put that on your car, you could put that on your, you know, computer, Coffee cup, whatever. We'll just we'll find some way to put it out there because hope happens. Okay, well, I'm not. I mean, I, maybe 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 a hope sticker is not the best way to go. Maybe it should be faith happens. Does faith happen? Does faith happen? We are so built and put. Um, we, we are so built to put our faith in something. So I guess, I guess faith would really just happen. Because if it's not in the Lord, it's going to be into something, right? We're built to have faith. Jesus, before we put our, our, our faith in, in, in Jesus, we, we put our faith in, in people. We put our faith in our parents. We put our faith in, in, in um, other drivers when we're on the road that they're not going to just like careen into us, right? There's, that's a kind of faith, isn't it? It's a trust. So we're, we're built to trust. No matter our, our uh, political bent, no matter our... Well, maybe there's some things we don't trust, even if we are political. Um, I'm not going to say Congress. Uh, um, just saying out loud. Um, but there, there's something about, no matter what our, our, our persuasion of, uh, of faith, we are built to put our trust... It's how God built us, how God made us to put our trust in Jesus, right? To put our trust in him, in his word, and what he said is true. And this is why a child's faith is not really their faith until they test it, right? When you have a faith in Jesus, your your children come along with you and say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But faith really isn't faith until it's tested. Your trust is not really trust until it can be tested. And when you're walking around with somebody else's faith or somebody else's trust, it's really their trust, right? It's their faith. And you believe that because they believe that. And our children have to go through a process of making that faith their own. A lot of times you see that at college. Kids that have been in, uh, in a Christian home will go away to college and it kind of can go a little crazy for a little bit. But ultimately, when they test their faith, when you've, when you've trained and equipped your child to go, they will not, in their old age, depart from it, right? So they may kind of depart a little bit to kind of go, what is this all about? What is this life about? What am I trusting in? And they'll come back to Jesus going, wow. And they'll sense that presence even through those times where they were being tested and walking through that testing and walking through that trusting. Love from God happens. So love happens. We could have that as well. Love happens because of God's character. God is love. Boom. Maybe it should be love happened. (laughs) Right? But love happens in our lives when we continue that chain of love. God loved us. God so loved the world that he gave his son. Whoever believes, so there's a chain of that love, that love going through. Yet hope, hope is something that it's already there. You know that? Hope is something that that, that is already there, and, and in fact, I kind of believe that hope is a catalyst for faith in love like a catalytic reaction in, in, in a chemistry set. You go, go and pour a couple of things in and pff, you know, stuff goes everywhere and, and your mom's screaming at you because you messed up the carpet. It's a catalyst to our, our faith and our love. And hear me out on this because um, if you look at what, what hope is, um, if we, we look back, in, in, in the Hebrew it comes from the word tikvah. Tikva is, is for the word expectation. It also means hope, which is what we translate it to. And, and it, but it also means a positive outlook. In Greek, it says elpis, and that is for expectation and hope. I kind of like the Hebrew a little better because there's this positive outlook that goes along with that Expectation. But I guess expectation in itself is that positive outlook, right? Because we're expecting something with hope. We're expectant. Hope is expectant. It expects. No one hopes for bad things, do they? We may sit there, and do the the oh woe is me. This is going to happen. The other shoe is going to drop that's not hope. That's self-defeating doubt. That's self-defeating things of this world that get us down and drag us down. Hope does not disappoint. We don't hope for bad things. We don't hope for bad situations. We don't hope for pain. We hope for healing. We hope for grace. We hope for love. We hope for faith. We hope for all of those things that come with a relationship with Jesus. In our lives before Jesus, we hope for something that we could not put into words. We try. There are theologians that have argued about everything in the word for centuries. And why is it we've never come to a definitive? Because we can't put it all to words. We can't capture and encapsulate everything that is God. We try to put him in a box, but we can't, can we? Can we? Hope is the expectant nature of connection. Hope is that expectant nature of how how people connect, how... Things connect and bring about a completeness and a wholeness. Hope is about that connection. It's almost like a glue, right? Gluing us to the things of God. Gluing us to those things that we hope for. Jesus is that completeness. We hope for Jesus. Jesus is that complete completeness in us. Before Jesus, we longed to be loved completely. As a kid, you watch the kids, you watch Zoe. She wants to be loved so much. She'll tell us that she loves us all day long because she wants us to say it back. Don't we have that hope in us? It's not just kids. If we lose sight of that, it's the world crushing out our hope. Because that hope in us longs to be loved, longs for connection. This is why the church is so good. Because God built that connecting hope in us. Because he knew that we would be better together. I said before that hope does not disappoint. I mean, we should recognize that. We've already gone through that. In Romans 5, it talked about that hope not disappointing. What we hope for in Jesus will not disappoint us. So in this way, hope is a catalyst for our faith. A measure of what it means to be loved and an antenna for our soul. Because not only is it something, we're we're hoping for something that's going to connect us, our hope's going to be sitting there looking for that. What is that thing that's You know, like the old uh, My Favorite Martian. There it is. There it is. I see it. I know it. Let's look at Romans 8. Chapter 8, 8, uh, verse 18 through 22 says this. um, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Um, For the creation waits... Sorry, I just lost my spot. For no, we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Um, did you catch that? Creation is eagerly waiting. You, you catch that? There, creation has a hope and a future. Roman, uh, Jeremiah 11, twenty nine eleven. You know, there's a, there's a hope and a future. Creation has. You know, we've seen other instances where creation will cry out if we don't. It will praise God. The rocks and the trees will cry out to God if we do not. Because it has hope. It understands that hope. But we're still in the futility of a fallen world. It was subjected to futility. Creation was subjected to futility. We, talk, we talked about Adam being that first, that first man that kind of brought us into, the, the, uh, into sin and into this, this, this fallen world. Well, the world fell because of Adam and Eve, because of their part. And it's fallen until Jesus comes again. until a new heaven and a new Earth. it's fallen. So there's a hope and God is even hoping in that we see that God is hoping for that future for creation as well. He's hoping for it to be set free. And this is why our first point is this. Um, Hope is expected by creation. Hope is expected by creation. So we made... um, We made hope for the invisible, but the hope, that hope is an expectation of what God is going to do and his glory. We we hope for the invisible, yet we are, that hoping is hoping for something that we know. It is hoping for something that is, in a sense, tangible. It's not tangible in a scientific way. We can't view it, so to speak, but we can sense it. Romans 8, 23 through 25, goes on to say, um, 23 through 25, and not only the creation, but ourselves, um, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, um, and uh, the implied as sons and daughters, um, hear that ladies, um, for sons, the redemption of our bodies, um, For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it in patience. Constantly in scripture we see this model of adoption. Now I know that it's kind of standing out in the word for me right now because of what Kelly and I and our family, Zoe, we're all kind of going through and we're talking through. But there is so much evidence that God, is a God of adoption. He talks about how we are being engrafted, adopted as sons and daughters, over and over and over again. We are, we are um, the, the Gentiles that are being brought into the Israel nation. Into the people of God. We are being adopted. And I think that that there's something about that having a hope of being adopted. You've heard the stories about kids who have have hoped. You've probably seen even maybe YouTube videos of um, somebody was telling me about this this video the, uh, the other day about uh, this girl that was just you know teenage girl sitting at a at a um, a judgment just waiting to be told oh I'm going to be going on to another home or whatever and it really was there for um, for the the judge to tell the girl that, no, these are your parents. These are your, they're adopting you, these are your parents. And the, the reaction is just utter change in her countenance and, and tears, and of course you're watching the video, <laughs> tearing up and <laughs> take the glass of the But there's something about that adoption that if you don't know what adoption is about, you haven't met my Jesus. You haven't met my God who is adopting me into his family. And I'd like to introduce him to you because he wants to adopt us all. The first fruits of the Spirit that are promised as down payments uh, of God, that in, they're things that inspire, that uplift, that strengthen us. They empower, they push us, and they cover over each of us that receive the salvation of Jesus and more the, the power of the covering of the Holy Spirit we have salvation through Jesus but we have an empowering covering from the Holy Spirit that can bring about power in our lives and I'm not just talking about you know that that president of whatever you know king of whatever kind of power This is this is being a Um, ambassador for the king and being able to walk into a room and say, the king has arrived and your voice carries weight. And as adopted children of God, That's, that's what we become. We become ambassadors where we are empowered and covered and sent out to be ambassadors in people's lives to be able to say, Jesus has come for you. And there's an authority in that. There is power, gravitas in that. The covering of the Holy Spirit in our lives will cause us to think differently as we move more and more into the of Christ. Because it's going to cause us to live differently as we live out His truths in our lives and we will even look different as our countenance changes and takes on the presence of Jesus in our lives. How much different do we look even now from when we were before Jesus? And you can, you can be with Jesus for years. And until you get to the place where you're walking in that covering and you're walking in the, the presence of the Holy Spirit and Jesus in your life, and you're becoming more like Him, your countenance will not change because you're still holding on to the world. There's this song that, um, from this band that Kelly and I loved when we were first kind of coming back to the Lord, and, and, and these guys are just, they're poets. And this song is like, what's it like inside that bubble? Um, for those of you who'd like to try, why don't you cut your tether, come and join me, and we'll swim across the sky. And in a sense, it's like, we'll, we'll become Christians, and we'll, we'll have our tether, and we're this bubble-like balloon that's floating around, but we've still got a tether to the, the world, and, and the Holy Spirit's coming along, come on, I got that. I got you. I got this. And there's an enjoyment that can come when we, when we release from that that connection to the things that are not of the Spirit. We're going to take on a different countenance. We're going to look different. We're going to act different. People are going to look at us and go, what is different about you? And it's going to cause them to ask you those questions that will stir in their life the hope that's been waiting there, the hope that is already in them. It's not something we bring to them and go, hey, let me give you this hope. That free gift is not from us. We are just the vehicle to bring it to others. Now, a vehicle can be pretty cool looking, though. Come on. Yeah, it's forced cars and, you know, whatever else. But, but there's something about being that vehicle of, of grace, that vehicle of, of God's gift to humanity. There's a, there's a power and authority in that in and of itself. We don't have to have the pressure of saying, okay I'm going to wrap in this gift that I'm going to give to you. We don't have to wrap it. It's already wrapped for them. We just have to be. We just have to be following after the Lord. Be in the Spirit. And when we talk to somebody about Jesus, the gift is unwrapped before them in the way that it's meant for them. So this is our second point is hope looks good on you. Our hope, your hope looks good on you. Your countenance looks better when you have that hope and you stand firmly within it. Have you ever met people that just exude hope? I mean, you should. We're in a church. We're, we're in a body. There should be people that exude hope in here. But if you met people that it it just pours out of them? No? That it seems like the presence of the Holy Spirit surrounds and stirs around them because they're just so hopeful and there's there's such an authority and a joy in them because of how hope looks on them. Because it looks good on them. It should inspire us. Have you met somebody with a positive outlook? I'm not just talking about happiness, because you know what? I think some people get caught up as Christians. We get caught up in the thought that to be really, truly saved, you must be happy. I've I've met people. I've had arguments with them that feel that you you must be happy. And I'm going to say bull. (laughs) Because... It says that we will have joy. But happiness is an emotion. And emotions are fleeting. Yes, we have a God that is a God of emotion. But his emotion is pure. Ours is not. We will have pure emotions. You know, we're going to ha- have this, this new body. Along with the new body, we're going to have unbroken things in us. Amen? <laughs> and part of that is our emotions right now our emotions are broken so happiness is part of that brokenness but joy is not and if somebody exudes this positive outlook you know I've been calling people out Gloria I'm just pointing to you Um, if you have a positive outlook joy precedes you it's not just in you it comes out of you and that's part of your countenance that can change you have such a positive outlook, person around you, you can't just, you you can't not just expect God to move. You cannot just, you can't not, I'm doing double negatives here. I'm just going to say when somebody is exuding joy like that, the Holy Spirit will move. And we, we, we know it. We'll have the hope of that. So if we can be those people that have that positive outlook, and I'm saying that positive outlook because think about hope and that definition, positive outlook. I am positive that Jesus is going to come again. And he's going to come and take his bride home. We will have that new heaven, new earth. We'll have new bodies to be able to praise God with. want to be like that? Do you want to exude that joy? That joy comes in the midst of our struggles. You know that, right? It says, count it all joy when you face various trials in your lives. I know our church is facing trials. I know people in here, y'all are facing trials. Count it joy. That joy within us that exudes out of us is gonna be the thing that people are gonna go, there's something different about you. They're gonna know us by our love, yes, but they're gonna see us coming by our hope, our joy. It's like, it's like hearing a marching band off in the distance. That's that joy that's coming. You know when glory is coming. Amen? That smile comes before her. I'm picking on you. I'm sorry. I love you. There's a few people in the room if I picked on them I even looked at them right now they would would leave. Look over there anywhere. Uh, (laughs) But that's the thing is like when you know people that have that joy that precedes them do you want to spend time with them? Do you want to do things for them? do you want to just kind of rub up against them and see if some of that rubs off? I I hug her every Sunday because I want that to rub off on me. I want to have that joy that just exudes out of my pores. It comes from latching a hold of that hope that you have in you. Already in you. Hebrews 11 1 through 3 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Say assurance of things. Oh, come on. Say assurance of things. Assurance of things. There it is. That's assurance, right? Assurance of things hoped for. Conviction of things. Say conviction of things. Conviction of things. Not seen. For by it the people of old received their con- uh, con- commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. This is probably the most difficult thing for us to understand. It says it in the word that it's difficult for us to understand. Science wants to say this isn't true because because we can't see it. And the word says, yeah, I can understand. This is probably kind of hard to understand. Just telling you right up front. And it goes on. Love not seen is felt. So it explains itself. Wow. Love is not seen. It is felt. It is perceived. Faith is not something that you can see with your eyes. It is sensed. And I hope... And I hope... Did I just jump? Yeah, no, I did. And hope is not a tangible... um, in a physical sense. You can't see faith, hope, and love, but they are perceived. They are perceived. And, and, and the reason why science doesn't get it, if you just take science in itself, science cannot expre- explain or express the soul or the spirit. It's not a tangible. It's not something you could test. It's not something that you can go and put a little thing into a beaker and and boil it and there it is. But it exists and we know it. We sense it. We sense when the Spirit comes upon us and Jesus is moving in our lives. We sense that. We sense love from God. Do we not? We know what love is. Even people that are in a a loveless situation understand what love is even though they don't have it. They know what what they should have. Because that love comes from God. And our identifying with that comes through our spirit's connection with the Holy Spirit. We know what love is. We know what it's not. This is why people know us by our love. Because one of the biggest connections that we have in our lives is love. Number three, hope may be unseen, yet it is not unfelt. We all have hope. We have hopes for our kids. We have hopes for, but this kind of hope, all of the other hopes are embedded in this. Hope and trust in God. Hope and trust that he is who he says he is. That Jesus is who he says he is. And that our salvation comes through who he is. We are a sensing or perceiving people. We are all about our senses. We think that when we, we see something that's real, so much... Of the world, what we believe about the world around us, our history, and about the people around us is taken on faith. Um, I, I, I love history. I love science. I love, I, I love facets of, of things that we can learn. I think this is something that God has instilled in us. And, and, and I remember seeing this, this um, study talking about how we see. One of the things that they say, well, you can't see God, so thus he isn't real. Well, you know what? Nobody can really see, how, how do they put it, nobody can see, uh, no one really can see, um, it, it was the title of it, and it was like, that was what made me read it, and it, it, they were going through and talking about how it, it, we perceive, we don't really see, we, we, um, when we see something, um, you think about like the, the light coming from the sun, how long does it take to get here, eight minutes, eight minutes that it takes to get here, we're seeing old light, Okay, just that in itself. There's, a, there's, an in, there's a, a brief instant that it takes to co- get from wherever it's reflecting off of to our eyes, right? Well, that does, isn't where it stops. And this is what they were talking about us being perceiving. is the fact that our eyes are these sensing organs that that light has to travel up the optic nerve, get to the brain, has to make some sort of sense of it, and then we're, we're, we're aware of it. So it's like there's a, there's a translation delay to get to that point. So actually... We're we're like, we're we're very perceptive in the sense that we're, we're we're almost seeing the future. Because if you look at it, when when they were taking a, a look at, at baseball players and they're talking about how you throw a ball and, and they're they're hitting the ball right, well they're thinking about the future. Where's that ball going to be? Because their eyes are perceiving it here, but it's actually here. So when you're perceiving it, it's not even when it, where it is. What. What we're seeing is not that thing. I, I know this is really getting kind of confusing. I, I apologize. My brain just went there. This is a, a, a jeremyism. But the thought is, is that if we're relying on what we see about God, even that is late. If we're relying on what we perceive and what we sense from our spirit, that is right on time. That is right on time because that is instant our connection with God is instant. When we're walking away from God and we're not doing the things of God, but yet we turn around, is God all the way back there? He's right there. When we turn and go, oh God, he's on that word. He's waiting. I'm right here. I'm right here. Instant. And so our perceiving nature seems to think that we perceive things right. But our spirit is what perceives things right. So I, I went way off of whatever I was talking about here. I did get the points for those of you that are doing points. But I, I, I really think that we need to come to this place and this understanding that that, that faith, hope, and love, that our hope is a, is, is a pre-perception of what God is going to do. Does that make sense? It's a a pre, 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 pre payment on what he's going to do. The Holy Spirit in our lives, moving us further and further towards being like Jesus. Being seen like Jesus. Walking out our lives like Jesus in us. Won't you stand? Well, Heavenly Father, we just pray that um, as we walk about this next week, God, that our hearts would perceive, that our spirits would perceive what you're doing in us, that your heart, our hearts would perceive your heart, that our love would be perceived through that hope from you, that we might love others with that hope you've given us and that they would be able to see you perfectly. When we say see, we mean perceive. To, uh, our spirits would see you and know you. I thank you for this church. We, we pray as, as a church right now, God, that you would be moving in, in the lives of, of our people, of us, those areas where we wrestle, where we're struggling, maybe getting beaten down or, or just beating ourselves down. God, that you would relieve us of that. Relieve us of that. Take that, that weight off of shoulders that, that whatever we're worried about, we cannot worry enough to make that better. We cannot worry enough to fix it. We can't worry enough to add a single day to our life or even a moment, but we can hand it over to you and that worry and that crushing weight can be relieved. Father God, I thank you for, for what you can do and I pray that God uh, be the healer for those that need healing. Be the the strong tower for those that need the defense. Be the one that goes out ahead of us into battle. In the battle that we cannot wage. And be our salvation. Constantly be our salvation that we can hold on to. We praise you, Lord. We thank you with everybody's eyes closed and heads still bowed, I just want to give an opportunity. If you want to have that relationship with Jesus, 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 have that relationship relationship